Welcome to another episode of Reptile Fight Club. I'm your host, Justin Julander, and here he is in the flesh. Well, for me anyway, I can see him. Chuck Poland. Yes, up, thankfully Chuck. I'm wearing my flesh today. Yeah, yeah. it's weird when he takes off his flesh yeah. and he's all... Fleshless is not a good look Bone for me. and muscle, it's it's yeah. creepy, but... Yeah, it's O day Natural. Okay, that was a great intro, huh? That was a horrible <laughs> yeah. intro. Good way to come in. Yeah. yeah. I'm a little out of it, sorry. Yeah, it was a... Yeah. I couldn't sleep in this morning and tuck, took my wife in for a quick surgery this afternoon, and so we're running a little bit behind schedule, so I'm not maybe firing on all cylinders. And, Justin is uh, O'Day unnatural. Yeah. What a what a great wife. I mean, you've heard my wife on the show. If you've listened to previous episodes, she's a great woman. She's like, go record your podcast. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, she, yeah, so... She wants the Wait, show. Wait, so going. you you scheduled a podcast when your wife had a surgery? <laughs> oh yeah, rub it in, what, dude. What kind <laughs> of a you, husband you. are you? <laughs> oh man, she must be a wonderful woman to put up <laughs> she, with that. She crap. definitely is. Yeah, I'm a <laughs> terrible person, but what do you do? All right, and today we're joined by Miles Pickett. Um, thanks for being here, Miles, and uh, we're we're excited to get your topic on fight about yeah. it. So, no, thanks thank for you coming all. on. Yeah, so I don't know what's uh, going on in the reptile world. I guess a lot of a lot of people going to Daytona last weekend. That's, yeah, that looked like, like a it. good time. Looked like uh, I think Bob put in a, one of the com- more complete carpet python books for auction. Somebody's so. walking around with your book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they sent pictures of everybody checking it out. I'm like, where'd they get that? Like I yeah. But I should have figured Bob had one, and yeah. it's his show. So why wouldn't they have one in there in the auction? But yeah, yeah. Somebody's got cool. it. <laughs> Looks like a good time at Daytona. Sound like it was a good show. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of saw lots of people posting pictures and. Yeah, would have been fun to go. I mean, yeah, there a lot of cool people there. Uh, yep. Keith, yeah. uh, Keith McPeak, uh, Jordan Parrott had a booth. Jordan so was there, was yeah. Cool. Yeah, it would have been. Seen, um, uh, looked like a really good show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, I think the uh, Herpetoculture Network guys put out a podcast. Uh, oh, I, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Or they were live just a couple hours ago. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I saw that for it was a like a live from or live. Yeah. Yeah, I now you'll know how this know is. Yeah, I don't know how that <laughs> now you know this is recorded because you'll hear yeah. it in a couple weeks. You'll be like, "That was two <laughs> weeks ago, dude." Yeah. Um, well, and I think our last podcast we we had a couple of episodes and they got flipped. So, oh yeah, uh, this will be even down the road because um, <laughs> there you go. We had uh, um, Zach, oh my gosh, yeah. oh Doctor Zach on. So it's yeah. like, yeah, that yeah. was a. Uh, so anybody who hears that out of order, yes, you are not imagining things. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna hear th- us talk about Zach like it was the things that Lord, hadn't but, happened yet. But yeah, they I forgot had. to specify which one needed to be yeah. released first. But what do you do? You know. Yeah, that's our fault for not numbering our episodes. We there you go. But you know, we figure we, we probably ought to get a hundred in before we start numbering, especially <laughs> yeah. because nobody's gonna you know care. NPR has got five hundred on. Five hundred. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's a yeah, lot. we're not even. We're not even to hundred yet, are we? We're, I don't know. I've lost track. Like I lost. We're count, we so. we're wee little Lucases compared yeah. to that. <laughs> when was our year? That was in. Was that in May? It was in May. Yeah, it was okay. in May. Like, and now like, we're already August. That's crazy. I know, right? Like, time just doesn't slow down, does it? No, it does not. Especially when you get old. Faster when you're old. Your guys children like us. grow faster, <laughs> and you age more, and yeah. yes, time speeds up. Yeah. How old are yes. you, Miles? I'm uh. Let me count. Thirty-three. <laughs> 
33. Okay. <laughs> nice. So we, we got you by a few years. Yeah. yeah. And am yeah. I I'm, am I older than you, Chuck? Are you? I am. I'm 47. So I'm. Oh older. yeah, you're older than yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, I'm way older. I'll be 40. I'll be 46 in September. Oh, okay. Yeah. Only a year, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, not by much. Year and a half. Yeah. yeah. Year and a half. You're senior. I mean, I you're look a lot old. younger than but you, but, but I'm not. I'm not that much younger. Than you. yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, you're yeah, better look. You're probably year better year. looking though. That's there. Is that good? I, I, I feel like I've, I feel like I piled on between between bagging you out because your your commitments to the you're show. Just, your you're wife. going at me hard yeah. today. Yeah. 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 And yeah, we got a guest on, man. I'm you know I'm not gonna get a I'm not gonna get my one on one time beating up the doctor so just hey, we can it. beat everybody up today it's all good. <laughs> yeah it's free for all what are those yeah. free for alls yeah. battle royale yeah there you go yeah i uh i i've seen a few friends on facebook and i'm like man there's some there's some people looking old out there yeah but others you it look happens. at them you're like man they look exactly the same as they did in high school or, or look better you know it's crazy <laughs> Yeah, so, I I felt like I for a long time I held my age, but I'm 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 starting to starting to feel old now. Yeah, know? I feel the same way. Like R- wrinkles under the eyes and getting the gray oh, yeah, bottle, yeah, the water gray the feet. When, when when I get my yeah. when I get when they fit when the 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 hairstylist fades me up, dude, it's just nothing but gray <laughs> hair on the freaking smock. Yeah. I'm like, hey, thanks. At least, uh, at least you have hair to cut, man. I'm ba- I balded at 18. And you know oh, what? Man. That's exactly, yeah. yeah, that's exactly that's... what my, uh, my hairstylist says. Cause I'm like, oh, my hair is too thick, blah, blah, blah. She's like, shut <laughs> up, dude. Exactly. You have exactly. hair, which men your age would kill for. And I'm like, true that good, you're right good point. that's, oh, yeah, that's right, not yeah. being i'm not being a good person right now shut the fuck up yep. <laughs> yeah my, my so. girlfriend of 12 12 years uh is eastern european in descent uh-huh. so her hairline she has a full she has a three yeah. head you know yeah. what i'm saying and yeah. she complains about it i'm like don't complain <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, my wife has really good hair, really thick hair. Mine's pretty thin. I, I might as well be bald in some, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty thin on top. But, I don't know. I can't complain. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Enough about hair. Yeah. But, <laughs> what yeah, else Daytona looked fun. I don't know. Yeah. Was there, uh, I, again, the TH, uh, THN. THN? THB. Yeah. THN. THB. The Herpeticulture Network, T H Yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> Schmitty and and, uh, and Phil um, had uh, the boa, old school boa guy. What's his name again? Um, Call? Pete. Pete Call. Pete Call. Call. Man, that was an awesome episode. <laughs> that was crazy. I'm yeah. like, I don't think I could have handled the good old days, man. That guy is. <laughs> I kind of liked it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a punk rocker, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that share that. I'm kind of a you know nerdy prude or something, but I, hey. I'm like, oh man, I yeah, I would not have fit <laughs> in. Oh, well hey, <laughs> we're recording over here. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, they they're in the Pete call, I guess. They they yeah. like the Pete call yeah. scene. Don't talk about my party buddy Pete. <laughs> yeah, they didn't like that disrespect. Yeah, that's right. It was my bad there. I shouldn't have riled up the dogs <laughs> by <laughs> saying Pete call wasn't my uh, speed, I guess. But yeah, it was uh, really interesting to hear all the the uh, stories. But like, Justin I don't know, likes man. Pete call, dude. Chill out. <laughs> God. <laughs> Still but it was, it was interesting to hear. Yeah, he, 
He's got a little a bit of a limited vocabulary. <laughs> you let, what, are you, oh, I'd say his vocabulary is pretty profound. <laughs> I believe the word was profane, but yes. There you go. There you go. Yes. I, and, you and listen, really reminded me of the dude, though. I thought, like, I kept thinking yeah, Big Lebowski sure. the whole yeah. time I was Having a big sweater on. And yeah, Jeffrey. man. <laughs> Jeffrey yeah, Lebowski. Man. <laughs> it was good. But yeah, yeah I, you, I enjoyed listening to it anyway. Yeah. You do not have the vocabulary of a sailor, Justin. You do not. <laughs> I no, unfortunately I do, not. do, and I apologize <laughs> if it uh, gets a little too seaworthy. That's all right. Well, That's all right. You're in good company with Chuck. Yeah, he's well, he's yep. a seaworthy fellow as well. Yep. I am a line handler, and I'm untying the boat now. It's fine. <laughs> We're good, dude. We're good. Uh, there was some comment about, you know, um, profanity is a sign of intelligence since I just commented then I must be really dumb <laughs> <laughs> no I saw that recently because it, yeah. it, kind of, it kind of flipped you know because back in the day it was like you know oh yeah especially with stand up comedy which I'm really big into you hear uh, oh you know they're using a lot of cuss words they must not, must not be you know kind of practicing their skill yeah and uh, I don't know I cuss like a sailor and I can't apologize <laughs> for it it's just yeah. the way I talk yeah. yeah, that's yeah. yeah it's I mean, definitely not how you're raised, I, I suppose. Yeah, you know. Yeah, my daddy was uh, well, <laughs> provocative to say the least. <laughs> yeah, I we got shocked when my dad would throw out a damn here and there, like oh, yeah. every few years. You know, you'd hear a damn like, "Oh, dad must be really pissed." <laughs> I'd be shocked. We used to make fun of that. my mom because, like, she would never cuss, but like. You know, we'd be in the car and she'd pull out in front of somebody and like almost get us creamed and she'd be like, Oh shoot, damn it. And you know, like it's just <laughs> yeah. like hilarious just out just hilarious when she would do it. And, yeah. I think and my mother's son, given my mother's given name for me was You Little Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean it's just funny because yeah, my my you know, her son went on to be a professional uh, cuss word uh, performer. So it's like, you know, uh, good what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, what do you do? Um, the, Sorry, I'm making Justin uncomfortable. Oh no, no, I apologize. Go I, I got, I got like, I got in deep when I went to Australia, and those guys have no filter, yeah. you know? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The like Aussies the, or or uh, Aussies, yeah. The, oh, okay. Because you went the with C, you the went... C word is like a, a nice little. <laughs> oh yeah, that's you know? a, yeah. Some, yeah. yeah you're, you're oh, that's one of my favorite four letter words. To be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, you get in trouble over here though. <laughs> you, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Too much. yeah. Like, oh yeah. That's a, I think there, there's my, also two uh, different at two different levels <laughs> of. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're not the same. My buddy yeah. uh, Chris Cupper, he was he was talking to a bartender, you know, he 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 knocked back a few, I think he said, and he was uh, he called, he's like, ah, oh, you're just a, a mad, you know, C. And she's oh. like, excuse me, you're out of here, you're done here, and, like kicked him out. He's like, no, no, I'm from Australia, it means something different. I don't care, get out, you know, like she was not having it, so. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't but, cross that threshold. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta you gotta be careful around here with you, that one. Although yeah, it's in better Australia, to use the word like a. You gotta use compliment. the word chukin in 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 America. You don't want to want to chukin, huh? <laughs> yeah, chuk. like chukes are chukes are chickens. You're a crazy chicken, right? Isn't that right? A chuk? I don't a know. That must yeah, be some West Coast chuk. talk. Yeah, it's it's not a, a German, but you know, I think I I can see the connection there. Yeah. Now you've got some German connection, don't you, Yolanda? Yeah, I speak uh, German. I I lived in uh, Berlin uh, for a uh, couple uh, years, so 
Yeah. Oh, that's Ich awesome. bin ein Berliner. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You're a pastry of some yeah, sort. I am a pastry. <laughs> I am a donut. <laughs> I'd love yeah. to go to the fatherland sometime, but uh, Yeah. Yeah. You know. I'm I might be back there next year. We've got a conference really? in France like in the um, east of France and so I might head over at least to Switzerland, go to somewhere yeah. speak German speaking if I can. I'd love to take a bicycle trip through Belgium and just hit the abbeys and monasteries and check out the German brews. And uh, I was going to say, will you be drinking beer on a bicycle? Because that's the only way I can (laughs) see you doing it. Yes. 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 Singing, singing, splashing (laughs) beer. Like, yeah. It would have to be like that. Giant steins. Yes. Yes. A boot. Yes. All of that. Yes. All of that. Oh, I'm down. <laughs> well, the MP guys had uh, Bill Stagel back on, uh-huh. so it was good to hear hear that one. That was a good I show. haven't heard I that I one got... yet. Yeah, I pretty much have turned into a fucking Mac and Wookie, and I don't listen to podcasts anymore. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> I'm all Wookied out. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I'm 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 wiped. I I worked a 12 hour day on Monday, or a 14 hour day on Monday. Oh, I worked fun. a 12 hour day yesterday, and at least four of those hours combined were Reptile Fight Club. And the Colubrid and Colubroid radio. All right, well, nice. Uh, not yeah. a bad, not a bad There's way our to listener. spend. We found a lot it. of time working. Well, yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. I don't mean to sound nerdy or <laughs> fandom, but uh, they were some repeats. Uh-huh. You know, nice. I, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, like, I, I I do that all the time. I miss a lot on the first pass. So you know, you um, is uh, let's see, what was I gonna say? Ah, I blinked out. What do you, oh, what do you do? What do you, what do you do for, uh, oh, yeah. uh, what do you, for work? Uh, so I work at a science museum, the Museum mm-hmm. of Discovery in Little Rock, Arkansas. Nice. Uh, cool. I am facilities and exhibits. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you have a few hundred kids run through, uh, a 40,000 square foot space <laughs> and you need somebody to pick up the pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> nice. every, you know, the 14 hour day on Monday was, um, we uh, packed up a couple of 26-foot box trucks full of a Arkansas Diamonds exhibit oh, and wow. uh, hand-loaded it into the front entrance of a library up in the hills mm-hmm. of northern Arkansas in wow. BFE, to be hmm. honest. Um, but it's part of our outreach, you know, uh, trying to provide some of that education to uh, some of the lacking communities. Uh-huh. Uh, they they give us a little kickback in funds so we can provide that for them annually. Cool, uh, and I, I think it's a great resource for them. Um, yeah, we we've uh, we have an AZA accredited animal room mm-hmm. uh, with some all right reptiles. You know, I'm not uh, I'm kind of niche in, in in what I like as far as animals are concerned, and we have some mammals which I absolutely can't stand uh <laughs> are they have, all natives or like uh, uh no as well? so we have a game and fish uh museum right behind us and they kind of mm-hmm. take care of most of that we do mm-hmm. have two opossums well mm-hmm. one of them just died from cancer apparently they only live for a few years which yeah I have not yeah known. that's a common thing like they get cancer and they have all uh, tumors and stuff right but i'll tell you what a disgusting animal yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Just the smell of yeah. mammals, you know, yeah. like why, oh, yeah. why not just get a snake? 
you know, <laughs> just be done with it. Uh-huh. But no, we 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 have, we have um, you know, snakes and and, and lizards and uh, mm-hmm. arachnids and mammals and uh, it's 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 pretty cool, you know. But right That's now cool. we're dealing with an uh, a FDA and USDA situation where we're trying to get some insects that are potentially invasive to our state. Hmm. And they've given us an outline, a list of things that we have to do preliminarily to uh, be able to accept these. And it's, you know, a specific gauge mesh on all of the exit and entrance HVAC system ducting. (laughs) And it's, you know, oh, this little pipe that this conduit that's coming through the wall. Well, you better seal around that. And it's 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 become kind of a mess. But uh, I mean, hey, you know, if it gets us to be able to show kids and families uh, some of these things that they haven't been able to see before, then, hey, you know, it's worth it. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, that sounds yeah. like a, a fun job. Do you, do you get to like uh, do tours or, or not necessarily on that side? So we have a traveling exhibits uh, technician that mm-hmm. I assist because of mm-hmm. my history in like uh, trade shows and also exhibit uh, installation. Okay. I worked in exhibit uh, and trade show uh, for probably five or six years before this, which hmm. I've been at this current job for, oh, this year will be nine years in August, okay. this past cool. August. Uh, so I've, I've been in the museum world for quite a while. We're actually going uh, up to Philadelphia uh, this weekend to check mm-hmm. out a $1.5 million climber installation that we're going to be getting later on this year before thanksgiving i mean you uh, say climber this is like a rock climbing thing or no it's more like a uh, kind of an interactive um abstract artistic kind of uh get a bunch of five five to ten year olds in this climbing structure that has a lot of different multicolored acrylic opaque pieces and you have like that multi-ply like russian birch kind of uh accents and lights and stuff like that and uh it's going to take place of this thing we call the whoosh which uh we have three large 240 volt uh squirrel cage fans that uh run through five inch ducting flexible ducting where you take these like uh, juggling scarves you put them in different little um holes within this ducting and you have flapper valves where you can adjust which point they're going to eject from and the three and four and five year olds they just I mean, they go. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that'd be pretty sick you know. for kids. <laughs> oh, that that's age, cool. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. that's most that's mostly our target audience is uh-huh. pretty much sixteen and under. Mm-hmm. Um, and nice. hey, it's fun. I don't like kids, yeah. and it's the best birth control you can ever have is working at a children's museum. But uh, you know, there's there's definitely highlights to it, and they treat us good. And uh, yeah. hey, you know, I get to build stuff and experiment with different substrates and materials, and it's it's a fun time. That's awesome. All right. So, Miles, you're from Arkansas. You Uh work at the museum. Where do you fit in with herpetoculture? So, uh, I took took quite a break. uh, Mm -hmm. I've probably been three or four years now. I've been really kind of deep diving into uh, different species. I've kind of found my niche and really appreciating desert species, desert creatures. Cool. Uh, The survival the ingenuity and the endurance it takes to live in the most inhospitable places on earth is something that I really respect. Yeah. 
Um, that's cool. That's I I, same same feeling on that. That's awesome. I can tell you, I could piss a lot of people off by saying that I absolutely detest ball pythons and the whole culture <laughs> that revolves around them in the common trade of herpeticulture. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did get my start uh, a few years back with breeding crested geckos, not mm-hmm. because I necessarily really liked the uh, biogeography or the natural history behind them but because I heard that they were easy to keep and easy to breed. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really bred crested geckos. I threw some in the cage and they bred themselves. <laughs> yeah. <that's, you> know? <laughs> and uh, yeah. I'm slowly starting to kind of pawn off what's left of those. I have maybe five or five, five or six left that I'm slowly getting rid of. I have a uh, Pantherophis williams E Gulf hammock rat snake, who is an absolute psycho. Uh, <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> oh man, he yeah. is just so tuned in, so uh, visually acute mm-hmm. to everything that is going on, and yeah. absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I'd never seen him before in the in the trade or the hobby, um, hmm. and I thought, hey, what where the do hell? they occur naturally? Uh, in I the Gulf Hammock area of Florida, it's hmm. an intergrade zone, a natural intergrade okay. zone between what I believe is the gray rat snake mm-hmm. and. The either the Everglades or the yellow rat snake. Uh, okay. So they have these different uh, colors of caramel and brown and tan and just really beautiful. It, it kind of produces this different saddle pattern. Oh my God. It's, mm-hmm. it's so much different than what you would think of as a, just a regular, you know, phenotype rat snake. Um, hey, stop. But they're, really, they're really pretty. And I'd never seen him before. For Dude, sale. I'll tell him uh, he doesn't. A local pet shop had one for like a hundred bucks, so I was like, "Yeah, I better get that." Mm-hmm. And then you know, I have the uh, the super dwarf Bradley that uh, <laughs> I purchased from uh, yeah. from uh, the dock, and they're doing absolutely <laughs> wonderfully. Cool. Uh, put on yeah. quite a bit of size. I, I will say the female is extremely cage defensive for some for some reason or another. I don't know what hmm. happened. She was uh-huh. super cool, and then yeah. all of a sudden she just changed and like tagged me like two times in like two seconds. Really? I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> so target training yeah. it is okay, um, but uh, no, I'm trying to kind of switch over my room to specifically desert species. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a humidifier, a dehumidifier running right now, and in Arkansas, if you haven't been here, which I doubt you have. <laughs> It is the Vietnam of North America, <laughs> and it is so bad. I mean, throw a wet towel on your face and heat it to a hundred, and you're here, baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's completely foreign. I'm I'm in the desert region that you speak of. You oh, know, it's a yeah. I'm I'm kind of the high elevation desert here up in northern Utah, but then down south, you know, you get into the like the Red Rocks and the canyons and stuff but yeah, yeah we're actually humidity is a foreign thing to me <laughs> yeah i we we get rid of maybe uh four three to four gallons of water a day out wow. of our household air from uh-huh. a dehumidifier three to four gallons yes absolutely now granted <laughs> i live in an old house crazy. that's swiss cheese yeah. and i live in a 1970s hvac system so you know uh-huh. there is a caveat to that but yeah yeah sure. it's, it's it's that's crazy though yeah man it's a temperate jungle here. Man, you you might you might need to move if you're into desert stuff. I, I've uh, heard that's that's of, what I've been telling yeah. my girl, man. I'm like, you know, I, yeah. I, I uh, spent quite a bit of time in Arizona, and that's yeah. kind of my 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 dream. I, yeah. 
the first time I really got back into herps after I got off the road, I used to be a vagrant, a train hopper and a hitchhiker. And I was homeless mm-hmm. for most of my teenage years, um, mm. on all kinds of substances that you shouldn't be talking about. And, uh, uh, I got cleaned up by a medicine man of the Pasquayaki tribe hmm. in, uh, Southern Arizona, about 15 miles out of, uh, Tucson. He had a 15 yeah. acre range, got me sobered up. And anyways, I was, uh, working on one of his old Ford pickups and uh, I looked over to the side and I saw this two and a half foot long Gila monster, this lava <laughs> orange and pinkish oh, yeah. kind of striping, just walking um, uh, along the, the sand, you know, amongst the mesquite trees and the jumping cactus. And I was yeah. oh shit, you know. So I, so I go running up to it and I'm like, you know, a foot away from it. And he just does not care. You yeah. know, he's like got all the confidence in the world and it just, it, it hit me, you know. And that was maybe 10, 10 or 11 years ago, 12 uh-huh. years ago, I should say. Uh, and it kind of re-sparked you know, that interest in reptiles for me. My first reptile was a blue tongue skink when I was maybe eight or nine years old. It died mm-hmm. after about 25 years old. Oh, wow. Um, and cool. I haven't really kept much being, you know, living, living out of a backpack for years and then yeah. just kind of like focusing on work and, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. So now I'm slowly starting to transition back into pushing away these more tropical, species and trying yeah. to get like a jungle uh, a desert specific room together nice hey that's i mean those connections that that that's like those are formative things you know when you can make that connection i i still have these just images that are ingrained into my brain of you know first interactions with re- certain reptiles in the wild and you know to see a gila monster like that you know in that setting where you're you know cleaning up and stuff like that that's that's pretty uh impactful yeah, pretty I awesome. oh it was incredible yeah. I, I i do have that's another great. one uh we had tax shacks you know we had we were we were on a ranch a working mm-hmm. ranch and i took care of the horses you know it's 5 30 in the morning you get up you yeah. fill the water trough you throw out the alfalfa and you brush down the horses and get the saddles yeah. ready and uh we i go into the tax shack where we keep all the saddles and stuff and uh being a medicine man he had uh TP canvases and stuff rolled up in the corner. I needed to pull those out and get them cleaned. Mm-hmm. Lifted up one, five baby diamondbacks, <laughs> scurry out, and I start tap dancing, you know, like <laughs> backwards out of the place, you know. And yeah. and it, it should have freaked me out. And it did at, at first, but it, it, at the same time, yeah. you know, it was that I just, man, that appreciation just grew so much more. Yeah. Um, it was a little heart-wrenching when i went and told uh indio is uh the mess man's name hey you know this happened he's like well go grab a shovel uh, oh you know yeah it's like oh yeah i guess they went away you know i couldn't yeah. find them you know it is <laughs> yeah. what it is yeah but, uh, that's that's the the downside i guess of being interested in reptiles you tell somebody you like them and they tell you about the time they killed one or i can't know, that's man first, hey living yeah. down in arkansas oh yeah that's, oh yeah <laughs> And, and it, it irritates me so much because I live kind of in BFE. I live mm-hmm. about eight miles down an old highway. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the instructions that I give people is, hey, take the uh, exit where the ammunition factory is. Which, don't get me wrong, I'm a gun fan. I mean, I was going to say, you got an ammunition factory? Yeah, Remington Arms. <laughs> oh, Remington okay. Remington Arms, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, but oh, and I love. Hey, don't get me wrong. I'll go shoot some shit. <laughs> but, me too, uh, man. Me too. Uh, hey, me know, too, brother. You're <laughs> southern. You're southern California, so you might as well be Arkansas. I, I, well, <laughs> <laughs> certain areas down there. Yeah, Fair enough. Right. That's true. But, uh, you go but, away but, from the coast, you get. The yeah, more, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. East yeah. County is. I mean, yeah, you, you know. know. Y'all vote red. I know it. We, I, hey, de- I, definitely Southern California is way redder than the rest of the whole state. Absolutely. So. I don't vote for anything because I think it's all a scam. But <laughs> I, I agree with you there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. All right. Well, um, that's yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. Um, we when we were staying in Arizona at the Airbnb, we went out, of course, flipping any boards that were in the yard, and sure. there was a big. Uh, it was a. It was kind of a younger uh, Diamondback, beautiful Western Diamondback, just coiled up under this board. They get so big we, at an early age down there, man, because yeah. the prairie dogs are so prolific. They have mm. an excellent food source, yeah. and those prairie yeah. dogs being, you know, uh, uh, div- digging down, living underground. I mean, mm-hmm. co-opting a burrow is food for months. Yeah, you know, I I don't want to I don't want to rub it in much, but I'll probably when this airs, I'll be herping Arizona. So hey, I'm <laughs> I, I'm I actually make another trip down there. Uh, are you going now? Yeah, yeah. Seriously? Uh-huh. What time? Um, uh, two weeks, I think. Oh, is this sure. a is this a Robin Eric trip or what's the? No, it's just a Justin and actually Steve's gonna go. What? Yeah, you want to drive over and meet us out there? What the hell? <laughs> You'd probably you didn't ride even with Steve. Say anything? <laughs> yeah, well, How it was kind of a you? spur of the moment thing. Like I, I, I'm pretty sure I told you about it. Like I booked. I'm a pretty sure you down there. did not. Uh, right. Well, <laughs> what part of Arizona are you going to, Justin? Uh, Tucson. Yeah, southern, okay. like the oh, so um, Huachuca's. So beautiful, like man. Oh yeah, that's yeah, in the world. It's just. Uh, I, I I realized I had some uh, unused. Uh, like I had a refund of a ticket from Delta, and so I needed to use those up before they expired, and I kept forgetting them. So I'm like, it's raining down there. It's monsoon. I'm going back because uh, Dustin kept posting pictures of all this stuff. Oh, yeah, he's dude, finding. he's been going, I mean. I know, just, yeah. I, I don't know. He's just going hard <laughs> in the paint, man. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, just, oh, yeah. Just yeah, like, he, hey, I'm going <laughs> to. I'm I'm gonna let you all know how how little how little uh how little you are yep. in this so, in this uh, field herp game. Dustin is gonna pick me up at the airport and uh, and we're gonna meet up with Steve and go herp uh, herp around. So we'll kind of play it by ear a little bit, but I think we're gonna stick around the Wachukas and go over to. Uh, you know, are you guys camping it or Airbnb? Yeah, it or we're what? roughing it. We're not. We're not doing a rob trip this time. So we're just gonna like camping tents how and stuff. How dare so. you, sir? You did not <laughs> hey, tell me. You got what time, man. You got time. What are the dates? Um, I, I can't. I can't remember right, we'll off the top of my we'll head. Talk, I'll text we'll you. Yeah. We'll talk offline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. Get the band back together. Dude. <laughs> yeah. I feel so. slighted. <laughs> all right yeah, sorry, anyway yeah. yeah no i was surprised he was able to cut like yeah I'm, I'm really excited he's coming i was a little surprised yeah. he was able to do it so yeah it was cool I need um him. and you know he's from phoenix area or, or yeah he's from phoenix area so i think his parents still 
uh, live up there so he, he's got you know home base down there so yeah it should be fun but yeah I'll, uh i got a couple targets i haven't seen yet so i, I need i want to see a tiger rattlesnake and like dustin's been finding like you know 20 of them a week or something down there so oh, wow. I, I think the chances are all right but we're also gonna try try for the you know find a twin spot i need a picture of a twin spot oh so. yeah yep that's one of the remaining that's the remaining uh high elevation rattlesnakes uh, at least in arizona i think that we need to see so yeah but i don't think dustin's seen one either so yeah if we can find one of those that'll be a tick can't believe you didn't think to bring the chuck mojo with you like what the hell i know what the hell disrespect (laughs) Disrespect. yeah i just just thought you'd you'd ghost me you know what the hell dude (laughs) so you're like yeah we won't even invite him (laughs) (laughs) double disrespect jeez i'm sorry all right all right i've been hard on him about his wife and all kinds of business today i'm apologizing i'm I'm, now i feel now i feel like i was yeah. yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. He deserves it. He deserves yeah, everything. I'm trying to get y'all fighting it. against yeah. each other I so I get it easy. I felt bad I was giving him a hard time. Then to come find out, he has, I have every reason to. No, I slightly ridiculous. Feel, I do feel a little horrible. When when you sent me that text uh, just now, I was like, oh, man, you know, do, oh, shit, what did I say? Like, it, it was yeah. one of those things where I was like, uh, I really don't want to cancel because I don't get a lot of options to talk to people who are interested in reptiles yeah. you know hmm. other than showing me a picture of one laying dead across their fucking yeah. tailgate yeah, you know yeah. so i'm happy well that, you're that, here that, now that, exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah well let's uh let's fight so the yeah. topic um so miles uh picked this topic and brought it to our attention so we invited him to come on the show and and fight it out with us so um so we're going to talk about reptile shows if they're you know effective at their purpose or kind of the pros and cons i guess of what what maybe they're lacking or or issues that you know we might have with uh, reptile expos so uh timely thing there's lots of good expos going on so we can uh, discuss some of those things um and uh we'll go ahead and flip the coin between chuck and i see who gets to fight you miles all right you want to call it there chuck? Oh, that's heads it is not it is tails man you're losing your your edge you're losing I am. It. <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah. Well, um, I'm, I'm, I want to do this one, but I also am thinking maybe I might go check on my wife once in a while and <laughs> kind of ditch out. So, and I'm not thinking straight, as you guys can tell. And I've pissed Chuck off, so maybe he's riled up. Maybe I'll let you take this one, Chuck. <laughs> if that's all right. That's, you, you good I for mean, that? You're the winner. You decide. <laughs> I you get tell a call. Me. It. All right. <laughs> okay. And then uh, Miles, if you want to call it, and we'll see. Which side you get to pick? I'll go tails, and it is heads. So, oh. <laughs> um, Chuck okay. gets to pick. Yeah, mm. you, you want the kind of mm. pro reptile expos are awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do. I'll do the pro side of it. Okay, I'll do the pro side of it. Excellent. All right, All right. sounds like a plan. So, uh, and then I assume you're. I will going, defer. So you're Miles, deferring. Yeah, why don't you course. walk us out of the gate? We brother. call that get, getting chucked. You know? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have okay. about sixteen or seventeen points for either. So all right, nice. I'll uh, come yeah. prepared. I'm Maybe definitely not prepared. going to try to explain all of those in my. Uh, no, never in the opening salvo. Yeah, never, never in the opening salvo. But I'll yeah. start with some of the main uh, aspects that I find. Uh, I don't know. You know. Uh, again. I'm coming in kind of late in life, back into the reptile scene. 
and I'm seeing things from a, kind of a filtered lens. Sure. You know, yeah. I'm, I mean, we we like that kind of different, you know, perspective because there's all sorts of different perspectives. So yeah, perfect. Yeah, and you kind of have you have the East Coast, like upper, like New England area. You have the West mm-hmm. Coast. You have Texas, and you have Florida. And then there's not really anything in between. Mm-hmm. And that's, in a, in a way, that's kind of one of the cons of expos is that there's not enough in mm-hmm. the areas that are lacking. Mm-hmm. That 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 kind of herpetoculture infrastructure, so to speak. I uh, I wish there was some type of outlet, personally, physically, that I could uh, kind of unleash, you know, <laughs> my, my, uh, my interest in the hobby. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's lacking here. Uh, we do have a couple of reptile shows that are close by, um, but they're very small. And I noticed that uh, even in seeing videos of other reptile shows farther away, that it ends up kind of being the ball python and crested gecko and bearded dragon experience. There's mm-hmm. not a whole hell of a lot of diversity in species. Um, and I'd say that's w- one of the main cons. Another main con is uh, to... Uh, kind of pull on the animal rights side of things to play the devil's advocate is stress to the animals. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, if we uh, talk about what, what, what do you do when, when you receive an animal, put it in its closure, don't mess with it for two weeks. Well, <laughs> we say that to people, if we're going to mail an animal to them and you know, it's been in Iraq or it's been in an enclosure, uh, by itself yet we're going to bring it out to the public in this tiny clear completely translucent box Mm -hmm. from all sides for all of these people who are let's be honest a lot of people that come to rec pile expos are going to be um not necessarily hands-on but kind of you know in in their faces let's say Mm -hmm. uh so you know there is that kind of stress aspect for the animals themselves um, I would say cross contamination is an absolute huge issue with reptile expos, mites, disease, bacteria, fungi. You know, these mm-hmm. are things that uh, maybe less scrupulous uh, breeders or vendors might uh, kind of push away and not necessarily want to talk about or admit to. Uh, okay, one sec. Let's uh, let's let Chuck respond to the mm-hmm. first couple points okay, there. Sure. Yeah. So, first point, I think uh, you know, with reptile shows being small and lacking. Um, I mean, I I, I hear you. I, I I can see how you know it, it depending upon where you are um, in, in the country, how how definitely reptile shows could be lacking in certain areas or. Or maybe certain areas only have, you know, like out in California, we have several shows a year. Uh, They're all fairly large um, and they get fairly good draw from other places. And like you see some like the NARBC uh, or, um, you know, like uh, uh, even, you know, some of the other, you know, uh, other larger shows. um, They they tend to, to draw people from other places. And I think that's that's kind of where it's at. And I, I get, you know, it, it would be nice if, if they could do, you know, a lot of shows in smaller places, but I think in lieu of 
there only being so many kind of reptile breeders in in so many areas uh, that that are um, you know up to vending shows. It's it, it might not be the worst thing to kind of have shows in more concentrated areas in bigger cities, and then you know um, have people travel. Uh, I think that's kind of the big thing is and and you know you see I see it a lot with with a lot of my reptile friends on Facebook where there's a oh Tinley Park's happening, Daytona's happening, and everybody makes a, a kind of a you know an effort to it and, and they go and um, you know I, I I personally like going to reptile shows. One of the reasons is is because it's a camaraderie thing. You know, it's it's uh, the first time I ever met the the good doctor uh, here was uh, was at uh, NARBC Anaheim and um, we we met. I met uh, you know Ben his Ben Morell his uh, his uh, co co business owner at the time and Steve Sharp uh, who was also uh, part of AAR and and. Uh, the three of us have kind of been friends ever since I met, you know, Carrie King from, um, the band Slayer, who was also into carpets there. And, you know, I've, 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 every year I go, I meet different people, um, and, um, different characters and, and my kind of my, you know, my repertoire of friends, uh, gets bigger. So I guess if, if you don't, you know, if you're, if, 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 and it helped because I met Justin and we were friends and we would go and then he would know people and I would meet people. And so, you know, I can see how if you didn't know anybody or, or like, you know, you're coming from a smaller area that doesn't have a show, then that's kind of tough. You want to be able to have those shows closer to you so it's more comfortable rather than have to make a trip somewhere where you don't know people, stay, you kind of walk around, you're like, well, I don't, you know, um, but but you know at the same time like if you just go to tables and start talking to people or strike up conversations with people and you meet people then that's that's how that kind of stuff starts and and um i think you know some of that is just putting yourself out there uh in the community and there's you know there's a lot of uh there's a lot of nope in the community but there's also an exorbitant amount of just awesome people um and i think you know that the the willingness to travel to shows to to kind of experience those people um, is is probably the reason why I think you know maybe the why I would support the you know shows not being in smaller areas is better because it gets you to get out it gets you know people coming from larger di- distances and larger areas into one location and so you get lots of people from different areas that probably wouldn't normally get together at a show. And then all of a sudden they're all there at the show and you're meeting new people, you're meeting all these. And it's, it just makes for a, you know, a, a, a potential mix for a, a one, a good time, a good friendship. I mean, you know, we were at an Anaheim show uh, and we sat down with the great Casey Lazic one night and he just told stories about, his his times in australia and it was one of the most amazing nights i've ever had just (laughs) listening to casey lazic go on and on and on about just the crate and you know guys like casey they don't talk about back then you know what i mean because (sighs) just because but to sit down and be able to hear that if i wouldn't have gone to that show if i wouldn't have traveled up from you know and granted you know it's only down in, in 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 chula vista all the way up to anaheim which isn't that far but there are people who are traveling much greater distances. Obviously, Justin comes in from Utah for any of the San Diego shows or, 
guys come down from Washington State or wherever, you know. So uh, I, you know, I think that's that for, to the first point. Um, you know, I, that's that's kind of where I'm at. If you you want to, well, the, the last I'll just jump in real quick. Yeah. The the last Reptilian Nation show, there was a couple of the vendors from up, you know, around Chicago and things like that. Uh, Adeline yeah. Robinson and, and yeah. a couple others. So you know, I think some of these, you know, one of the more nationwide or chain shows, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. that have, you know, shows in different states. It's kind of cool that way because sometimes the people just do the circuit, you know. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, let me see. So Chicago would be kind of a, a good example. That's, that's as far as latitudinally speaking, you know, that's about on, in line with, Little Rock, Arkansas, mm-hmm. Central Central Arkansas. Yeah. How so how far a how far of a drive would that be for you to Chicago? To, to Chicago. Oh, yeah. that's a day. Okay. Yeah, it takes it's, three it's, days to get to to the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, the last reptile show that I went to was a uh, Repticon uh, Memphis, which is actually okay. in South Haven, Mississippi. That's okay. a uh, two and a half hour drive for me. Okay. Which you know is that's yeah. that's, 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 that's not, too bad. Yeah, that's, not yeah, that's 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 yeah. fine. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it was great. And let me add the caveat that uh, I am so pro reptile expo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. I, I, sure. I want to play the devil's advocate, and I have the points to yeah. make it. And a lot of them are going to yeah. be kind of like cringy, you know, um, <laughs> animal rights type you know points but i think i think it's relevant to bring it up because i think a lot of times you know we live in an echo chamber uh no matter what no matter what we do Mm -hmm. and uh i i I do agree that it's it's great to bring people out like i said earlier uh you know before we started here and i'm 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 a pretty extreme introvert uh unless i get about a beer or two in me it's it's hard for me to start opening up but uh you know it it's financially logistically and strategically hard for people to plan three days to get to a point where you're going to be able to see like the epicenter of like herpeticulture and the hobby and people that have the same interests as you because not only am I I'm I'm into reptiles and, and stuff like that but I'm also into kind of a niche thing like to be honest I could really care less about ball pythons or green tree pythons or any of these jungle things that are super hard to keep and i i like i like desert creatures man and uh i could i could definitely make it to like you know southern carpet fest in texas or some of these tri-state area uh reptile expos um but i feel like maybe my complaint about reptile expos is that there isn't Uh, I guess it's there's not enough people in the hobby that are really willing to put forth the effort and I'm one of those people included that uh, don't want to put up the infrastructure needed to facilitate that type of atmosphere in these lacking regions uh, I would love to be able to go to and it's and it's definitely feasible for me to go to an NARBC show which I've never been to uh, mm-hmm. St. Louis does one, like you were saying, mm-hmm. and that's just, you know, four or five hours away from me. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be an absolute great, a- uh, outlet for me to be able to go and communicate with people that are like-minded. Um, mm-hmm. 
But I do think there is definitely a lot of problems that come with some of the expo mentality. I'm, I'm, I'm a little sheltered, you know, in the sense that uh, some of my information comes from uh, YouTube, which is the only social media that I use. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's only because I like to watch videos. Uh, I would say there is some sensationalism that's involved with expos. And that's a big problem where it becomes, I guess my main issue is why, why does it, why does an expo have to be so contingent on breeder output? And I mean, why can't these be, uh, why can't there be more, I don't know. Why is it so profit motivated? Hmm. We, we, we're so capitalist in nature. Yeah. That if we're not making money from it, if we don't see a profit from it, then it's no good. I, I really like that that point because uh, there used to be kind of a more element of uh, education at the shows where you'd have like almost a symposium attached to to a reptile right. show, and I think there there are still you know those those like the IHS uh, you know show and things like that where it's it's just talks you know there's no mm-hmm. sale of reptiles anymore and so they used to be those were joined together and now they've completely um, not not completely but almost entirely severed and so you either go to a, a symposium or you go to a reptile show and it would be really nice if they married those back together a little more um we did have the uh gecko symposium that was at uh, tinley a few years back and and nathan hall put that on it was really well done because he he did the legwork to get people there, get, you know, good speakers. Well, I guess I can't say good speakers because I was one of the speakers, but <laughs> the other speakers were great. No, I, oh, that's your own but, one, uh, man. Hey, you know. Yeah. But uh, we, uh, I tr- we did a, a carpet python symposium at Tinley, like maybe right after the, the release of the first edition of the carpet book. So, you know, 10, 11 years ago. And, uh, um, we, you know, we had uh, Eric Burke speak and Terry Phillip and myself and like the crap and maybe it was I, I don't know what I I probably should have done a better job of kind of drumming up like getting people there and stuff. So the crowd wasn't like it was at the Gecko Symposium. So obviously, if you do it right, you can get a nice big crowd there. But, uh, you know, just getting more talks or, or things that shows and, and, you know, maybe more broad talks and things. But you know, we had like the, um, the one that Alan Rapashi put on the Herpeton out in Herpeton. San Diego. Herpeton. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With, uh, Philippe, uh, de Vaugelier and, mm-hmm. and, uh, Alan Rapashi put that on and it was a really cool meeting. Like really, again, just wonderful speakers, uh, myself included. No. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a cool symposium for sure. I just, I was just geeking out with all the cool information but you know if they had that at every reptile show just had some kind of symposium where they had speakers and i guess you know there is an element of that at a lot of shows these days but you know that would be cool to have more scientific uh like right at the at the utah show we just had they had like presentations on crocodiles and you know that kind of thing and so they'd show crocodiles and talk about them and stuff so there is still an element of that but i guess i'm thinking like the old school like talk about a group of reptiles and their natural history and all that kind of stuff have a slideshow that kind of thing so i don't know so to hit on a couple points uh so you know you kind of talked about how the cost of traveling is is high 
uh, which, and, and, you know, the distances you got to travel is kind of an issue. Um, and then you kind of touched on how profit motivated and, and, you know, how, how kind of, um, gross capitalist it all feels. Uh, and, and, you know, you're, you're, you're not wrong. Um, you're not wrong, but I, I think, you know, just from a, uh, if I could speak from a breeder's perspective on that, you know, that there is a lot of cost in travel and you, you know, you got to pack up potentially hundreds of animals, uh, transport them, uh, ha- you know, get them all set up, take care of them, make sure everybody's good hotel, um, gas, all those things that anybody who would travel just for the show, plus you have to, you know, take care of all your animals, your display booths and everything. And, and so, you know, unfortunately some of these breeders, they kind of have to be profit motivated because they're not spending their personal, you know, the, the, some of them may have, uh, you know, uh, jobs and, and then bre- being a breeder is a second, you know, is a second income or, or a side, you know, a side hobby for them. So, you know, th- their ability to make a profit at these shows is absolutely critical or they just don't do the shows and then the shows don't have vendors. And, and then when the, you know, the vendors stop showing up, the, the promoters stop doing the shows and then the shows kind of go away. And, so, you know, there, and, and I get it. I mean, it's not necessarily like the, you know, the, the nicest look, right. It's not like, Oh yeah. All these guys care about is making money. And it's like, well, you know, if you, if you got to raise, you know, hundred hundred and fifty snakes a, a year as babies that costs a lot. I, I, I'm, I just did a food order from, for, um, a lot of the animals that I have, and I'm already probably more than halfway through that food order and I'm going to have to order more. And you know, that the, the, when I sit there and think about the money that I'm spending, it's kind of like, geez, man, I'm just going through this cash. So I, I, you know, I, it's hard for me to be tough on, um, at least the breeders who come to these shows because they do have to shell out a lot of cash. And if people aren't buying what they want, which, which kind of goes to the diversity issue is, you know, at some level, professional breeders have to breed what sells. Um, if, if, if it is their primary income, they certainly have to be sensitive to that. And, and I think a lot of breeders, you know, recognize that there's a lot of cool reptiles out there, like Justin always says, and, and there's so many, but, not all of those reptiles are commercially viable. You may have a handful of people who care about a certain species or, or a certain type of, uh, you know, weird gecko that nobody's ever heard of and is really tough to keep uh, or is highly specialized. So, and, 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 you know, a lot of those people who come to reptile expos, they're not professional keepers or breeders um, that they're, they're, pet enthusiasts and and they've got their kids with them and so you know some of that stuff that's on those tables is there because it's being marketed to the right audience and you know if you're lucky enough and usually you got to search for it and that to me that's part of the fun is i take the doctor with me and we go running around the show looking at like who has the cool stuff who's got some cool things like who's what's 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 the one or two people who are doing really like different stuff what are they bringing you know Um, and, and so that's, you know, to me, that's part of the whole appeal is finding the diversity in the, you know, in the sea of, 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 uh, everything else. Um, but, but, you know, to, to kind of speak to why there's the everything else is because there kind of needs to be. And, and those markets around crested geckos and, and ball pythons and leopard geckos is, is because, you know, 
like me, I like I like giant day geckos. They don't handle very well, so they're probably not a great kid pet. So you could see giant day geckos at the at the you know at the reptile shows, but they're not sold at the same rate as like a leopard gecko is because a little kid can pick that up and be like, oh, this little cool paint job gecko of mine, I love it so much, it's the best. And if that's what hooks kids in to keeping reptiles and 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 a lifelong passion, then any breeder that I know will will 100% do that. One because it helps them keep their business afloat and two it helps inspire that next generation and whatever it takes to get them hooked yeah i think there's very few people that say oh my first pet was a bolens python or a, yeah. you know white lip yeah. python or something they, they, it's usually like five species you know bearded dragon boa ball python um leopard gecko you know or crested gecko and 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 that's mostly what people start out on and so but that piques their interest, and if they have a good experience, they'll usually move on to different species mm-hmm. and find this huge world of all these different kind of reptiles. And so, uh, and, or, I, and I think, or they think just th- kind of have their pet, and that's good, you know. And I think the importance of them having a good outcome on their first type of reptile interaction is important. So, you know, docile, bulletproof, um, you know, pretty, interesting. You know, maybe that doesn't describe ball pythons to a carpet or or a scrub python guy, but certainly somebody whose first snake, they may find that pretty interesting. They may find all the little things that snakes do that, you know, people who are like, yeah, I kept ball pythons. They're rocks. Who cares? You know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, you're, you're talking about like, like when, when Justin and I did the super show, we were asking people of all different walks in the, in the, um, in, in the, in the, in the show, you know, their experiences. And we got, you know, from, from breeders to just, you know, general enthusiasts and pet keepers, we got wildly different answers. So like, mm-hmm. it really struck me how different my lens is from somebody who's getting their first ball python or, or getting their first, you know, uh, leopard gecko or, or corn snake or whatever. And, it, you know, I had to take a step back because I, I you know, I feel like I've been doing this long enough that I, I, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm... I'm the old guy. I, you know, I, I don't think of myself as, as the OG, but I guess in this, I mean, I'm more of the OG than the new G, you know what I mean? <laughs> I I do think there is some, um, I don't know. I think a lot of times we get jaded against certain species because they are common and we want to think of ourselves as, you know, on the next order up or something, you know, and I, I've heard, uh, I think it was uh, Barcheck re- re- referred to that as the Tinley crowd, you know, like where we get to the point where we're going to attend the Tinley show because there's that diversity and we don't just want to see crested geckos and ball pythons unless they're the, the highest, you know, morph in the, in the market or something. But, you know, I think there is something good and kind of back to basics about appreciating a crested gecko. I mean, for crying out loud, they were thought to be extinct for, <laughs> for a while until somebody went out and rediscovered them and brought them into the pet trade. And now they're the most common gecko you can, you can get it. Oh, seems. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I appreciate a crested gecko because they're so unique and different and weird. And, and, you know, just because they're common doesn't make them less, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of times we get that attitude, Oh, it's just a common species or, Oh, it's just wild caught. But as soon as that uh, import market dries up, everybody's like, 
I want those and I can't get them now. And so the price goes way up and everybody wants them. And it's like, you could have had those all along, but you were just looking for the dollar aspect or yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah. But, and yeah, I do feel, so I'm going to say this and then I'll, I'll let miles jump in. <laughs> this thing, but, um, yeah, it here. was interesting <laughs> this. So, and this may be a little, like I might get shit for this or whatever, but you know me, I don't give a fuck. So, <laughs> um, so you know, I just looked at the, the board of directors for like us arc and they do the us arc auction at all the shows now and it's like you know it's great that we're fundraising and but we're not doing like you said we're not doing those talks anymore or any you know it's all it's all fundraising and it's all business uh and and if you look at that board of directors they're all businessmen they're all you know um they're, they're all show promoters and businessmen and and uh, um you know, and which is i'm not saying that's bad i'm just saying you can see why we're going we're going towards the you know because we need the fundraising for us arc because we need that that legislative muscle out there um and unfortunately the thing that suffered is kind of the you know the lecture talk on animal which which kind of sucks but but hey it's good we got people like Rapashi out there doing stuff like that, right? Like so, and and just like ball pythons and crested geckos at the show, all things in their place. And we need to be able to fundraise, and we need to have you know common entry level pets. We also need to have com you know less common, uh, more harder to breed things. So all, all things in their place, all things are good. I'm just I'm just pointing out like you know you can see why those things happen now. You can see why and and where the focuses come from and and how you know and how they happen. And that's okay. It's okay, but it is what it is. Okay, you. sorry rant over you can respond miles okay yeah, so yeah but... there's a lot to unpack in this <laughs> yeah um <laughs> so uh i guess with the crested gecko bearded dragon uh ball python situation the biggest thing to unpack for me is is it the chicken before the egg or the egg before the chicken it, are people buying these animals because that's what breeders think is a viable market strategy or is it because these are the easy animals to keep? Are these the ones that people need to be keeping first? I, to be honest, uh, I don't think most people that get totally consumed by a market strategy are really considering what's healthy for the consumer. I think they're thinking, what's going to pay my bills and what is going to make it to where I don't have to bring animals back? And a pretty colored flesh sack like a ball python is going to sell a whole of a, hell, a whole hell of a lot easier than say, you know, a doo-doo brown baby carpet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, not only That's that, true. but uh, you know, uh, to kind of unpack that a little bit more, uh, you know, another really cheap, really pretty, uh, visually important and easy to sell reptile, a reticulated python. And at uh, Repticon uh, Memphis, uh, and I do not mean to denigrate this person or the, their breeding. I'm not going to say their name or anything like that. They had the best booth. They had mm -hmm. some of the prettiest animals, but they were retic morphs. And when mm -hmm. you do bring that hobby, when you do bring that herpeticulture kind of atmosphere into a lacking community, these people mm -hmm. don't know. They're yeah. coming to this show, um, even if they are involved in social media and stuff, which I'm not. I mean, YouTube is as far as I go. I don't. It's it's either that or email or phone. But mm -hmm. <laughs> you come into that world and you see these beautiful animals, 
and it's, oh, it's $100. Well, it's the same cost as this thing, but it looks even prettier. I mean, I think some of these retic morphs are absolutely stunning. And mm-hmm. I'm not a morph guy necessarily. I mean, phenotypically, they just they look beautiful. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and they've got a 12 foot long retic that's sitting in a tub uh, that they're going to take out for $5 for a photo op. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a nuanced situation in and of itself. Uh, I was, I, the last, uh, one I went to a couple of weeks ago, I was with my little brother, uh, who's, uh, well, 10, around 10 years old. I was with my sister who's in her late twenties and my niece, her daughter, who was under 10 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. she took a picture with that 11 foot long retic and mm-hmm. the elation in her eyes and her facial expression. It was, it was just incomprehensible. I mean, just wow, now she's not afraid of snakes. And that's a con. I mean, a pro. Sure. But to go to the uh, animal rights side, to play the devil's advocate, man, that big old retic is going to have to sit through two days of dealing with, I'm not going to say disrespectful, but possibly unconscientious consumers that want some type of recognition on social media with that picture. Um, and, and he was totally cool. You know, uh, she mm-hmm. had a picture of it. I mean, she's, it, it totally opened her eyes. It's a pro, you know, but it's a nuanced pro and seeing these animals and knowing that the demographic that that exposition kind of catered to was people that might not necessarily be in these larger metropolitan areas that have multiple shows all the time. You know, they don't know. And a lot of these sellers, they don't want to take animals back home. That's extra cost. That's an extra logistical hassle. And some people, uh, not everybody for sure, but some people they'd rather just, Hey, 200 bucks and it's yours. I'm not going to ask questions. Mm -hmm. And that's where a little bit of that, uh, I'll, I'll bring in a little bit of the, um, I'm not going to say dishonesty because A, I don't have the experience on seeing hundreds of reptile shows and B, I don't know everybody, you know, face to face, heart to heart. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when everything starts being consumed by capital, you start seeing a little bit of leniency where, well, Hey, money talks maybe truth and honesty can kind of take a back seat so I can make a buck or so these people can walk around this show with a expensive, a big snake, you know, a big snake or just even just like a yellow ball Python. Cause it seems like there's a hundred different morphs of ball yeah. Python, but they're all just different shades of yellow Who cares. <laughs> um, but they're just walking around, you know, uh, uh, with them in their hand for hours. And yeah. it's like, Oh yeah, that's good for the animal. Yeah. I can guarantee you that animal's not stressed at all. Sure. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. You know, but, uh, uh, and, 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 and I, and I saw that and and it, and it really caught me, you know, is these people, they're not being taught by these breeders cause, cause Hey, they're, and no offense to anybody, but these people are trying to make money. That's why they're there. Mm-hmm. And again, I understand that that's, there's no fault to the person who's coming to that. It's logistically, it's a hassle it costs money to to come there. You want to make your money back. You want to make it worth your while. But uh, 
I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of one of those people that doesn't really think about money as it as an importance, and that's why I have credit card debt. You know, <laughs> but I, f- I feel like you know if we could just be more philanthropic, philanthropic towards each other, and make mm-hmm. it more of a community structure to where it's like uh, I don't know, education and appreciation over mm-hmm. market evaluation. Yeah, I I you know what would be cool is if they had. Uh, a requirement where you have, you know, you know, like when you buy a new washer and it tells you how much you're going to spend, you know, on energy for that washer for the whole year. Okay. I wonder if we had something like that, you know, if you buy this reticulated python, you're going to spend <laughs> this much money buying rats or rabbits or well, and this know, much money on a cage. You know, it's going to cost you I agree $500 with you. a year. I agree or with something. you to an extent. You will, you, you, but, will, you will expend 7,000 joules of energy <laughs> cleaning up this snake's horse shit, this giant. Yeah. Poop that it will make when you feed it that fifty dollar pig by a shovel. Yeah. I agree with you, but at the same time, you know, like customers are unscrupulous. You know, I mean, people are going to look mm-hmm. at something and they're going to see that phenotype and they're going to they're going to put money towards it. And you know, a morph retic isn't necessarily uh, you can get a beautiful reticulated python for a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Now, how much does it cost to get a straight? <laughs> natural type Morelia Spilotum at Calfee. Mm-hmm. 600? Yeah. yeah. And that's a boring looking snake. Hey now. You know, Careful. I think they're beautiful. <laughs> that's, that's my dream, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. But to other people, when they see, for some reason, yellow is just like the god color when it comes to uh, reptile morphs and phenotypes. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm not really a yellow fan. Jungle carpets don't do it for me. I think it's oh. whatever, you know. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'm a coastal <laughs> man. I, I hurt my feelings. Hey, I like <laughs> tans and brown. I like doo-doo yeah, brown I'm, snakes. I'm a light cider. I'm yeah. a light cider. <laughs> but, I like the jungles. And, you know, um, uh, I mean, uh, I think Bradley are probably one of my favorite species of python yeah. just because of, you know, the ingenuity that's involved with just being able to be that species in general. <laughs> but I don't necessarily like orange. <laughs> that thing, the the, uh, the cover of the uh, the uh, gammon ranges. Uh, oh my god! Hey, I'll tell you, I just put uh, today. I just put my uh, uh, pre order uh, in for oh, the cool. more complete. Oh, yeah, Flinders. What did I say? Gammon. Yeah. Well, gammon's oh. Flinders. I mean, they're okay. all they, they're, they're still they're yeah, still similar. Yeah. Same all right. Thing. So I got uh, I got to get on here because I got a lot of shit to respond to. Still, <laughs> go on. I so, got plenty to respond back. I know, I know you do, I know you do. So when you're talking about stressed animals and the potential for diseases that shows, I mean, all those are fair points, and those are things that just happen in the hobby. And and I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna get away from um, you know animals enduring stress. Um, sure. You know, br- breeding events are stressful. Uh, you know, th- th- there's inherent stress, and and you know we don't have really unless we were taking cortisol swabs and and sending it off to a lab and getting, you know, a baseline cortisol level versus the the stress level at a show. We don't know really how stressed these animals are. Um, And, and, you know, I I think, you know, you're gonna, you're, you have to, you, you have to just accept some of the fact that some of these animals do endure some stress uh, in, in, in their, um, in their life and their 
pursuit to get to their their final home. Um, disease and and mites and things like that in a, in in a reptile show they happen uh, and every breeder at that reptile show is is aware of that and and hopefully they're doing their their due diligence to have people use hand sanitizer before they handle anything that you know reduce contact with animals uh ensure good quarantine protocols when they take their animals back to their collection um all of that is 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 a risk that um breeders take on themselves when they go to these things and you know unfortunately consumers are the you know are are the vector for a lot of this stuff uh, when they handle one snake that's got something going on and then they handle another snake and and yeah you know what like that sucks. Like it does suck. And it's one of like the downsides of, um, of, of the hobby, but you know, I drive to work every day and, uh, in Southern California, you can't get away from that one driver. Who's got to be an asshole no matter what he does. So no matter what thing you're doing in life, you're going to come across somebody who's kind of being an asshole. And the best thing you can do is be a good defensive driver or a good, you know, good, have good protocols and, 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 be diligent about what you're doing to, to, to minimize that, you know, you cannot take the, uh, the risk out of life. Uh, life happened, you know, life is risked uh, when you put your pants on. Absolutely. So, and, and then as far as like wholesaling at the end of shows, you know, I can, I, I see, I can see that from a negative standpoint, um, where, where you look at it and say like, oh yeah, these guys don't want to go back with all these animals. So they wholesale the animals and, and, you know, I mean, on one hand, sure, you could look at that as, yep, they're they're copping out, they're just getting rid of their animals. But on the other hand, you could say, well, who are they wholesaling those animals to? They're probably bigger pet shops or or people who um, you know deal in wholesale animals. Uh, so it's not like it's not like those animals are being thrown away. Those animals are are being sold. They're being uh, they're going to help somebody else pay their bills. They're they're going to help kid uh, some kid who's in a reptile store who's like, oh, mom, I want this or oh, what's that? That's the coolest thing ever. So you know, I mean, uh, to me, for breeders, it's a service to to wholesale animals because you know sometimes pet shops are the ones that have the big draw. I mean, nobody's coming to my house all the time to, to look at reptiles. Cause I don't want people in my house looking at reptiles, but if I'm wholesaling to a reptile shop and some kids coming in and he's getting interested by the, the carpets that I, that I have wholesaled to them or that they bought for me wholesale from a show, then that's a win for me. You know what I mean? And, and, and of course, you know, you could say, well, you know, they're wholesaled. So they were sold at a low dollar value and, you know, you never know what happens to them. And yeah, you could do speculative politics about it and, and say like, yeah, that animal got sold for cheap. So it gets treated for cheap. And I, we've talked about that. And uh, while I think that can happen, I, I don't want to assume the predominance of animals like that happen like that. It, it's not in any, it's not in anybody who sells live animals long-term for a living to treat them horribly um, and one, get a name as somebody who's like a flesh peddler. And two, you know, it, it just doesn't do well if, if animal sales are your bottom line and you kill all the animals that you get. 
Um, so I would to respond to those two and then to talk about um, the market leading the consumer versus the consumer leading the market. That's, you know, that's a tough call, man. Uh, I, I, you know, I feel like the market always has to lead um, or, or the consumer always has to lead the market. And, you know, if, if all these ball Python breeders were doing all these morphs and crested geckos and all these things, and they just weren't selling and they just weren't, if people weren't into them and that's not what they wanted, then they wouldn't sell. So, you know, whether, you know, it, it's certainly not such an aggressive marketing strategy that any reptile keeper I know has as to, to like convince some little kid what he likes and what he doesn't like. Uh, a lot of times they go into pet shops or, you know, they get a book, you know, they, they get, uh, the complete ball python or whatever, you know, and they're, they're looking through books like that. I don't know a little kid who has the complete ball python. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you know, but, but you, you get what I'm saying. They, they see these things, they wherever they see them and then they make those decisions and maybe they find out they're, they're great or not great. And I totally agree with you. Retake morphs are nuts. They're freaking insane. But, you know, I think that mom and dad at that reptile show seeing an 11 foot retake are like, Oh, Oh, that's what that is. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Sweetie, sit down, take a picture, but that's a big nope rope. We're not doing that. No. And so in, you know, I hope so, but, or they're a parent who's like, you know what? I'm totally into snakes. I have a room or I have a ginormous enclosure and I can deal with that. You know, I had a, um, you know, I have a employee who had, who, who was talking to me the other day and it, before he shipped off to the Marine Corps, he had a big African rock Python that, that he ended up giving away to uh, a zoo um, and it's at the zoo, but you know, he, he, he went through the full gamut of like, Oh my gosh, that's what this is. Holy cow. This is more than I thought. And I was like, yeah, that's how it works. And he's like, yeah, it is. And so, you know, and he's like, but I kept, I really liked it. So I kept it and you know, my parents helped me take care of it. And it was at their house. And when I went to the Marine Corps, I felt bad. Cause it's not, you know, it's not, that my mom's older and this thing was huge and you know it was eating rabbits and like it's probably not good for my mom to be dealing with this so we we found a good home for it so you know I, I guess that is to say not every big snake has a bad outcome i could see how a big snake wouldn't be an, uh, wouldn't be appropriate but again you know if 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 you like more, you know, flashy morph mutations and things like that you know even even the guys that i know at the reptile shop are steering people away from Burmese and, and retakes for little kids. Like no, no, nobody, you know, these guys want to sell an animal and they don't want it to come back to them. Like here, we don't want this. Here you go. So I, I, I do think, you know, well, while you have retake breeders who their job is to breed retakes and that's what they're doing. And if somebody wants a retake, yes, you have to be an informed consumer and, and some of that, you know, and and then the other part of that is you have people who are just like, that's a huge snake and I'm a macho dude and I like that and I'm going to get it. And you're never going to stop those. You know, those people are grown ass adults. You're never going to stop them. That's I mean, that's how it is. That I, So, yeah, yes, I agree. There's like inappropriateness and and maybe not always the best look. But again, I'll go back to my traffic example. There's always that guy in traffic and, you know, you can't get rid of him. So, um, so, you know, and then to kind of tie it all together, you know, a lot of it comes off as, you know, this issue of like, well, you're stressing out the snake at these shows, you're, you're, you know, 
pushing snakes that I'm not sure the market really likes and, and you're doing above all, you're doing it for money. And, and I guess what I would say to that is yes, that's all of that is true, but I, I think, I think it's important that we walk and chew bubble gum, right? You can still sell snakes for money, but do it for the love. You can still love the animal and 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 sell them for money because when I sell snakes for money, it's not to make myself rich or to put my kids through college. Trust me, snakes do not do that for me. And I don't think they do that for a lot of people who don't do it professionally. And those people who do do it professionally, very few of them are driving Lamborghinis. So I think more moreover, all those people for right or wrong, even the ones who may not be doing it the best, got into it with the best of intentions. I think we can all agree like the the Tiger King, uh, you know, totally crazy guy, totally, you know, ha- has just like they made him look like a circus and he did not help himself. But 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 I don't think anybody who watched that said, yeah, when he got into it. I bet he really loved those cats. I bet he really loved what he was doing. But but the game got him a little fucked up. And 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 make no mistake, he got fucked up in the game and it fucked him up. He you know, I'm not making excuses for people who, you know, sell half dead imports or things like that. That's wrong and I'm never going to support that. But, you know, sometimes people lose their way in animals. It's not okay. It's not good, but sometimes people will lose their way in life. And all those people have the best of intentions. It's just things happen in life that I think can send people down bad avenues. And it's easy to point at them and be like, yep, see, that's why we can't have nice things. But you know, when you, a lot of times there's a, there's a bigger story behind that. You don't understand the whole story. You know what I mean? Or, or, there's reasons or, you know, and I'm not making excuses for any, any, anything ill in the hobby, but you know, but I there's just, also a vast majority behind the, those, you know, guys that are doing it wrong. They're yep. doing it great and doing yeah, it right. And exemplary. And to, to just single out the ones that are doing bad is, you know, but and, and of course that's what our, the people who are sure, against our it, hobby easy, will do. And it's easy to focus on, right? When you see something yeah. bad or, you know, like, like we were talking about with the P to HSUS thing, as long mm-hmm. as you can sneak a camera into the right place, you can make, you know, a whole community look bad because of uh, some one person right and mm-hmm. that that's totally not been my experience with the hobby i mean most mm-hmm. of the people that i know are great and and they have you know good intentions and and um and really do great stuff so you know i mean it's it's certainly it's tough and and you know miles i don't i don't i don't disagree with anything that you've said here today i just think that there's another side to it that's 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 more the side that's my experience. You know what I mean? My, my, there's certainly that side to reptile expos, but, but on a whole, my experience with reptile expos has been a positive thing. And sometimes you got to look for the positive in it because you sometimes see the negative, but on a whole, I can always find it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I, no, I, I agree with the majority of what you're saying. Um, it's hard for me to kind of play the devil's advocate, you know, to an extent. However, um, I guess I can say that the majority of the problems that I see are with the consumer rather than the vendor. Um, however, that kind of brings, if there's a problem with the consumer and the consumer is consuming, 
then by default, there's a problem with the system, which includes the vendor. So, again, I, uh, I see so many people walking around an expo with live animals free you know, on their hands, walking around, and you can tell these animals are, you know, if it's a ball python, it's curling its head into a ball because it's freaked out because it's like, what the fuck are you doing holding me on your hand, walking around like I'm some goblet of power, so to speak, you know, and and I saw more of that, and it kind of leads me to, to a point where, you know, expos, unfortunately, might, you know, there is that starvation in places where I feel like expos need to be more prevalent but mm-hmm. those are also places where and I don't for God's sakes please don't think that I'm trying to bring politics or religion into it but when you come to the deep south there is a respect for humans that is a whole hell of a lot higher than respect for animals mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that's across the board because it certainly isn't for me because I can see roadkill on the road and get pretty fucking bummed out. But I can hear about a shooting or something and it doesn't affect me the same way. And I'm not saying that I'm a cold person towards humanity. I'm just saying that I know we're all a bunch of dumb pieces of shit and we do stupid things. However, when I see a dead animal, I have to wonder, was there a human that was involved in malice towards that animal? And... You know, I, I'll I'll go down I'll go down the eight mile stretch of uh, highway that I have to get to home in the backwoods, and I'll see a runover snake uh, a foot or two off the road, like off the white line of the lane, and it's been run over, and you can see that it was intentionally a four you know a big truck or something went out of its way to kill an animal. So there's that lack of respect for anything that isn't human. And when you bring and and again I'm it's 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 that nuanced situation where I I absolutely believe that more of expos and conventions and education and outreach need to be brought to these communities, to my community, uh to the other surrounding communities. That's absolutely fundamental to being able to kind of bridge the gap between people that are in fear or ignorance of herpeticulture or reptiles in general. But uh, it, it really sucks to see see people who, uh, and, and I think we were talking about it before, you know, it's like you tell somebody about, you know, your interest in reptiles and they show you a picture of a dead snake or tell you, how, oh, yeah, yeah, I killed a snake, you know. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. those people... Those are still some of the same people that are going to these expos in these, uh, I'm going to say, herpeticulturally impoverished areas. Mm -hmm. And those are some of the people that are buying some of these ball pythons because they have some certain shade of yellow or a retic because they have some certain shade of yellow. And if a retic breeder were to tell its customers that it's going to cost them thousands of dollars to support this animal, they wouldn't be selling or bringing retics. I can guarantee you that. And I saw it firsthand, and I've seen it firsthand more than two or three times. So, I, I you know, that well, so, I, I'd so, have to bounce back against. Because 
And again, so what's the what's the answer there? The answer is we we well I don't we think there is an answer. Don't, we we don't ha- we don't have expos. Mm. We don't keep reptiles in our homes, and we make everybody go to a zoo to appreciate not nature. Not at all. Not at all. I think you know. I think our our problem as humans is we're hmm, how do I put this in a PG rated way? Uh, we're too meek to self regulate. Do you know what I mean? I think. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I think you can find the example of that. And there's, you know, the 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 world is the world is rife with uh, the ability to find bad examples. But I think if you're looking for the bad example, you will always be able to find it. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and I'm a pessimist. And, and, I, I have to admit, you know, there's there's no yeah, doubt I, about it. Um, and 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 you know to make a pro out of the situation, even though I know this is the fight club and I shouldn't be doing this, but, uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Cinderella dragons, this booth, uh, probably a four table booth, you know, fairly large booth at a, at a, at a, at a trade show. Um, mm-hmm. this guy had tubs with acrylic covers with, he, <laughs> he had UV <laughs> on his show displays. He had heat, halogen heat on his show displays for baby mm. bearded dragons. Brilliant. Yeah. A, a yeah. shining example, I, I think, in the profession. And, uh, and I think those people are out there. They, they, they want to be absolutely. they want to be the message that that you know, at a show that 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 they want other people to emulate. And I think that's the, that's kind of what I'm talking about is, you know, that and and you know, I mean, w- herpetoculture has come quite a distance in a fairly short period of time. Um, and, and, and I think there is a push towards getting rid of racks and people doing more naturalistic setups and, and more, you know, more, more animal centric, uh, type, type things. And, and I, I see that more and more. So, you know, while you can find the bad example, the predominance of what I'm seeing is is moving towards the the you know the positive and and more you know probably closer towards um you know dare i say like aza type um care um rather than the you know the the brian barcheck ball python rack you know kind of way we used to think about things so i you know I, again like I, I i i hear what you're saying and i i i can i I can guarantee you that there are, you know, some people at reptile expos that, you know, maybe aren't there for the true love of the animal. They just, they're there for the thrill of it, or they just want to, they don't really care. Um, but, but, you know, you can't, you can't really control that. And, and I think the, the vast, the, 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 the far vast, more vast experiences that I've had at reptile shows is, is they're full of reptile geeks. They're full of people who, you know, new, old, young, um, that they're, you know, that they like, they like reptiles. Um, and you know, I see, uh, interestingly enough, I see people from all walks of life. You know, I've, I've got a, a good friend who's a virology professor. I've got, you know, another friend who's a heavy metal guitarist. I've got friends who are doctors and lawyers. And so, so it, you know, who, emo people, you know, alternative <laughs> lifestyle people, people of all, every, you know, like we, we bring together the fringe of, of, of society sure. into yeah. a place where, and, and so I can't think of, 
uh, of a hobby that's almost more progressive than we are. We, we do some of the most progressive stuff in this hobby and in, in how we're inclusive, and, but yet how we're an outlier. Um, oh, and I so, agree. you know, I, 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 I do like, I, well, I understand, I'm, I understand the point you're making. And, and I guess, you know, from, from being, being where you're from and seeing what you see, you have a perspective and, and, and your perspective is a hundred percent. Right. I, all I'm saying is that I, you know, I'm not saying I have a bigger perspective or a better perspective, but my perspective is different because, you know, I've seen, um, you know, a lot more diversity at these shows. Well, I would, I've I would seen say, big, big shows. I would and, say both of you, you know. both of y'all have a better perspective than, than what I have because you do have the experience behind that. Again, I'm not going to proclaim that I have any wisdom on the matter. I, sure. uh, uh, I can only speak to what I see and what I philosophize. Yeah. yeah. You know, and no, and 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 that, and, you're, and and that's cool. And, and I, you know, I, I'm just I'm just giving you kind of you know from my take. That's you know I, I I understand where you're coming from, and you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I've seen that. I know what you're talking about. I'm. It's not like it's not like I'm sitting here being like, yeah, I, I, that doesn't ring with me. I don't know where you're coming from. I, I do. I get where you're coming from. I just I think to portray that as how the reptile community is, is probably a gross misrepresentation. And, and yes, it's there. Yes, it happens. But, and I would like to think it happens in the minority um, and not the majority. I would, I would agree with that. I I would think that, uh, you know, the, the only thing that I see that I could kind of push back against with that would be the, uh, I guess you could quote them as uh, pet shops or uh, uh, pet stores that kind of take up massive vendor spaces at expos. And there's a lot of wild caught stuff. And those are the, the, and again, I don't mean to denigrate anybody. It's just from what I've seen and from what I've seen secondhand as well. Um, you know, you have, it's, it's so hard. I think one of the cons the main cons of being at a reptile show for a consumer is it's a lot harder to kind of uh, say no to those um, impulse buys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I agree with that. So, so I, I agree with that. I, I can guarantee you, I don't care about tropical species. They're too, they're too finicky. I don't, for me, something that has to live. I think in a, they would do so good in your area. They man. would. They, they don't would. Do, I they could, don't, they I do could, awesome in I your area. I could do so many right? things outdoors yeah. if I wanted to. I just hate the jungle. <laughs> I got you. I got but, you. I got but, you. I mean, hey, I could throw some 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 popple and carpets in, in outdoors. You know, three quarters yeah. out of the year, and they would thrive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But I was so close to picking up a fifty dollar cryptic looking beautiful yellow phase amazon tree boa at this show it wasn't even funny i was like you know what i might go back for that thing for hours after i left sure. and that was so <laughs> yep. stupid of me but i can well, guarantee you that there was you know there was there was a, there was a half dozen of those things at this specific at, at this specific uh table well there was 10 or 12 tables. They took up, God, 15% of this uh, expo. It's a very small expo, so that's not saying much. But I can mm-hmm. guarantee you there was a handful of people that were there 
that picked up a couple of those animals, and those animals are going to die because those are finicky animals to keep, especially by amateurs or by beginners. And that's the majority of the people that are walking through this. And that doesn't really speak well necessarily for that particular vendor because they would steer clear people who didn't have the know-how to care for those animals if they had any kind of conscience. But those were also the same vendor that were selling prairie dogs that were selling... Uh, you can get prairie dogs? Apparently, they that had over cool. a dozen prairie dogs there. <laughs> That'd be cool, $65 man. a pop, baby. Just don't get the plague. You know? Yeah. Uh, exactly, well, you know, yeah. The plague, yeah. The plague part sucks. <laughs> you know, hey, you know. Come yeah. on. Hey. Just make sure they don't have fleas. <laughs> be all right. But, but... Uh, and that kind of leads me to another thing. You know, you think of uh, Reptile Expos as a place where, hey, you know, maybe I can get this for a little bit cheaper. Um, I'm going to save on shipping and, you know, they might also, you know, kind of cut me a discount since they're bringing it here. And <coughs> Don't you think that's true, though? I mean, I, I good used doctor, to. Wouldn't, wouldn't you wouldn't you say that you've sold some stuff a little bit cheaper just at the show so you I, didn't have to take I it I used home? to. But now yeah. in this new yeah. world, man... It, it, it seems different because I saw an emerald swift that was obviously wild-caught adult, and it was $90. Now, I can guarantee you that's a $25 animal all day. A wild-caught. Okay. You know, and, and this is the same table. Um, you know, tons of animals. Uh, there was uh, there was an, there was a couple. They, they actually had a couple of carpets. They had, um, and I was surprised that they called them Papawin carpet pythons um but they were plain jane and not very pretty which i mean granted no, no carpets are when they're born but you know 450 a pop i was like oh, that's a little steep you know when i could go to oh, i thought you were just talking about poplin carpets in general well well, <laughs> <laughs> well when i can go to you know say uh you know I, sorry got sorry Podfather. I, sorry <laughs> sorry i know i can go to inland reptile and get uh, uh a beautiful lineage traced Popham carpet python, you know, just normal for under three hundred dollars, three over, you know, around three to three fifty shipped. Sure, with with that reputation, so you know, you you think about these things, and then I saw another one where it was Brisbane carpet pythons, and I was like, that's a little weird because those look like straight up just coastal carpet pythons, and they're four fifty yeah. a pop. You know, so so dealing with the dishonesty of people that are trying to make a quick buck is pretty pretty bad to deal with, because you can buy a booth for what ten to twenty thirty dollars, double booth under fifty dollars, triple booth you know less than a hundred dollars, and you know well, you're those Brisbane's may have been legit, man. Huh? <laughs> they may have those Brisbane's may it's have been possible. legit. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, it, it's you know, it is so, possible. Yeah. The lady didn't seem so understanding about what was going on when I started yeah, trying to talk. You can usually find out pretty quick. Yeah, when I was trying to talk genetics not, yeah. with her, she yeah. she was it was kind of over her head like a like an airplane. <laughs> was that her was that her booth yes. or was it like yes. her husband? No, or? no, oh, okay. she was the one the running. It. However, situation. it was strange though. I I will say uh, for a pro, even though I'm not supposed to be espousing you know pros for this this argument. Um, there was a guy uh, that was actually part of the Repticon, I guess, coalition that was running the front desk uh, for admissions. Uh, he kind of went behind there and was helping with her because she had a huge table and not a lot of help. Um, and there was a lot of people, you know, gathering around. I went 
the, I, I went up to the, the admissions desk to kind of get stamped to go in. And, uh, you know, uh, I was like, how's it looking there? You know, you see anything from Australia? Da, 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 da. And he's like, oh, well, uh, yeah, you know, there's a little bit here and there. Uh, I actually breed Argus monitors. Oh, no shit. That was my first passion was monitors. You know, like I remember seeing mm-hmm. like a Komodo dragon take down a water, you know, like, 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 a, like an oxen and a bison and just wait for it to fall down before it ate it alive when I was a child on National Geographic. And that was like, oh my God. Oh, oh, I love it. I lo-, you know, it, it just, it just enthralled me, you know, this, this animal of like supreme, you know, uh, 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 predatorship. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's an apex predator. Absolutely, yeah. you know, and even yeah. even though you could walk up to it with a shovel and kill it, it's like it 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 reigns supreme in its in its you know little atmosphere. Uh, but he was For saying, sure. you know, hey, yeah, yeah, you know, I breed Argus monitors and show me some pictures. Oh, okay, you have a booth up here or somebody that's work working a booth for? You? No, I was like, okay, you work, you know, morph market or anything like that. <laughs> no, not really. I was like, okay, do you ship? He's like, yeah, I could ship. And I got his information <laughs> from him. And I was like, you know, that's kind of a double. That's another one of those double edged swords where it's like, man, you know, some of these people that are really invested in some of these species that that what which I'm not saying, you know, beginners or even intermediate people need to be <laughs> purchasing an Argus monitor because uh, that's a bedroom space type species. But yeah. uh, you know, I'm, I met somebody that that was interested in in, in breeding uh, a species that I'm really interested in. Uh, sure. That wasn't necessarily, and that's, exa- dr- that's exactly to my point of why I think at Reptile Expos are absolutely because awesome. you can go and just find somebody that you never met and never, and all of oh, a sudden, yeah. now you, whenever you see that person at any reptile, you'd be like, Hey, it's Argus guy, what's up, man? Oh, I can, How's your Argus oh, I can guarantee doing? you, you know I mean? like, you've hit like again, like I said, I had like 17 points for pros and 17, 16, 17 <laughs> pros for cons, and you've hit every single one of the pros. And I agree yeah. with you a hundred percent. Like I was like, man, this is awesome. Why don't you see that? Because I sure as hell saw a lot of, uh, Nile monitors. Sure. And I can well, guarantee and, and- you that there were a lot of people that walked out of that thing thinking, Oh, look at this cute little lizard. And I can guarantee you that those sellers, those vendors who are selling a mass majority of diverse wild type species aren't necessarily letting those parents know that, Hey, this thing could be a killing machine in like three years, you know? And maybe that's because there aren't like responsible keepers around. Maybe it's because there aren't people like me that aren't saying, Hey, don't do that shit. I mean, uh, so I, I, you know, I've got a triple L near my house and that's, that's my kind of local reptile shop. I know all those guys in there real well. I'm in there regularly getting bugs for, for geckos mm-hmm. and stuff. And we talk and, um, you know, I, I mean, well, well, I'm trying not to say, not to say that that's carte blanche. Uh, I, those guys do a really, really good job of steering people away of like, uh, I don't think that's a good, that's a good decision. And here's why, um, I, I you know, I think, well, I guess I, I would say, the why are they of- selling it then? Because professional well, keepers well, because, aren't going because, to buy those. But, but, be, well, because mm-hmm. because there is a market for those. There are people who keep those. You know that. You know, there's people who keep caiman and, and and crocodilian. Is that an every person species? 
No, absolutely not. Right. Should it be in an absolutely cor- correct environment by the right owner? Yes, a hundred percent. But that doesn't mean that they shouldn't, you know, that 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 they shouldn't be produced or that you know that 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 that's an off limits thing. It just needs to be. Um, it needs to be a, to, to the right home. And I think anybody who produces crocodilian is very, 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 very conscious of that. Just like I think pet shops now, because they don't want the animals back, are very conscious of where those animals are going. Now, can that happen? Sure, it can happen. But I, I think a far more you know positive way to think about this, and especially some of those big tables like Triple L, L, who do, do, do do a lot of importing, is – that you know you used to never see captive bred uh tree monitors and, but now you see them all the time well why is that because there's people who went to those tables bought those those wild cots rehabbed them up got them going and learned how to breed them and then now that now we have you know they took a cue from the europeans on how to do it and they they put in the work and and now we have you know, a bunch of people breeding captive bred tree monitors of, of the different species. So it's, you know, I, I think, you know, there's, there's always an easy example of the negative. And as somebody who's bred, you know, something that's, that's, that's imported rare and rare, um, you have, somebody has to do it. And yes, there's a cost, there's a cost to importation and not everybody who buys it is going to be successful with it. And, and hopefully everybody networks and learns from each other's failures and that, and, and the, and the, the only positives of social media help us do that. Um, but, but I think to look at importation, uh, you know, as, as a net negative is, is probably not the right way to do it. Oh, and I definitely don't. I think, you know, and, and let's look at this discrepancy in price between a uh, tree monitor, a green tree or black tree monitor and a Nile monitor. You're talking about a $50 animal versus a thousand dollar animal. Well, I mean, that's the challenge of course of, you know, sure. True. And, and, and it's a lot easier. Stop importing those. They're going to go way. Right. And I'm sure it's a lot easier to capture a, a a, a land, you know, roaming monitor as a Nile monitor, a lot easier Mm -hmm. than something that's so more, so much more shy and quick and up in the trees. Um, and I love, you know, the majority of the species that I'm interested in now are something that I'd have to, you know, deal with being wild caught, or if not extremely expensive, one of the one of my bucket list species is a uh, Spalacrophis atriceps, uh, the royal black-headed uh, snake, which is almost non-existent in the hobby in the U.S. I think there's maybe like three guys that are messing. Well, maybe two now. I, I emailed a guy a while back, a few months back. It was probably about a year back now. Hey, you know, I, I saw like a little page on him. Hey, you know what's what's going on with this and that? And he's like, "Well, I don't really breed those guys anymore, but there's another guy that breeds them that I know of in New York." And I was like, "Okay," I typed his name in, and sure as shit, something popped up on Morphmark, and I looked at it, and it's like, "Oh, it's a long time coming." You know, it's a really rare opportunity to catch this uh, female uh, captive bred female, twenty one hundred dollars. Oh shit, <laughs> you know. But sure. uh, well, or or you know, even even like less expensive p- species, I like. I'm really interested in uh, Hypsiglina torcata, the desert night snake mm-hmm. from America. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, an 18 inch long snake. There's a lot of snake. overlooked species for sure. You know, 
Uh, and and I have no problem with wild caught uh, wild 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 reptiles. Uh, absolutely not. I just think that uh, maybe they're. I don't necessarily think that there's a con to reptile expos. I think that there's like, there's maybe philosophically, I have problems with the way people conduct themselves, which is you know obvious to anybody that deals with people on a regular basis. Yeah, you know? I was going to say philosophically, <laughs> I have problem with people. Yeah, I, uh, you know that's why I'm known as the get off my lawn co-host. No shit, I'm right there with you, man. I, I can't wait yeah. until I'm old and senile so I can flip people off, you know, and not be put. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I I think uh, obviously there's there's you know it's a nuanced thing. There's a lot of different uh, aspects to to reptile shows and a lot of things that we shouldn't be doing at shows and that mm-hmm. people do. And, and, you know, but for the most part, I think people try to conduct themselves. I mean, obviously if you're going to mess up your own market, you're not going to have a market mm-hmm. anymore. So you mm-hmm. probably want to be responsible. So, you know, and, and how many adult Niles are out there of all these yeah. juveniles that are being sold? Oh, I can guarantee you most of them are dead. When we, yeah. When we, when we, uh, value animals based on their dollar amount, rather than just the fact that they're living, breathing, amazing things. Like, the Nile monitors are freaking cool. Oh, hell yeah. I would love to have Nile monitors monitors if I had the space to provide for them. And so, you know, we, we need to, we need to try to minimize those, those negative effects and, and maximize the, the good stuff. But I, this has been a great discussion. I'm, I'm going to have to, we're, we're going on almost two hours, so we'll cut it off here. <laughs> I but, apologize. Uh, I ramble. Well, no, it's all good. No, good, good discussions for sure. And I apologize for ditching out here and there. No, uh, you're fine, the podcast, man. You have so a worthy excuse. I hope, I hope your wife's doing all right and. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. She's her, she's she's doing all right, but yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm gonna it's fail right, here quick. But well, uh, thanks again, Miles, for for coming on um, yeah, and uh, fighting with us. So that was a lot of fun, and um, thanks for for all uh, the uh, support from the Morelia Pythons Network and for the Podfather. Uh, check out all their uh, stuff on social media and all the good stuff, but, um, also check out us. <laughs> I'm uh, Australian addiction reptiles, Justin Julander and, and Chuck, uh, you want to throw your information? Uh, no, we, we don't no, really do no. that. Right? I'm, I mean, you can, <laughs> I'm, Chuck, so no, I'm much, Chuck Norris wins on Instagram and um, yeah, yeah. Chuck Poland on Facebook. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of working on a website, but I'm not ready to talk about that or anything. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's been so, I, I, I just need to get on it. I'm, you know, you know how yeah. the, your personal website thing can yeah. drag on. So I, I did update my website with uh, information on the new carpet book. So if you want to do a pre-order, uh, shoot me an email. The details are found on my website, AustralianAddiction.com. But yeah, well, uh, we appreciate you listening, uh, and uh, we'll catch you next week for another episode of Reptile Fight Club. All right, for the doctor Chuck and Ruby, we love you, Pete. Call peace out. Fight Club.